Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy, and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. Hello, so my guest today is an energy healer and spiritual coach. She's involved in movement, meditation and a dance facilitator at Dance with Angela and a teacher of loving relationships. And she's joining me all the way from Sydney in Australia. Welcome to the show, Angela Ambrosia. Thanks, John. Good to be here. Thanks to keep me up at night. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's pretty late there with the time difference, isn't it? Thank you so much for sparing the time to join me today. Um, that was obviously a very brief introduction. Uh, can you tell the listeners a bit more about yourself, what you do, how you help, etc.? So, yes, I'm in Australia right now and I was born here and my family's actually from Italy, Sicily originally, so I've had a lot of immigrant experience in Australia and in my 20s I lived in the US mm-hmm. and I travelled to a few continents, uh, Asia, mainly Bali, and later in life, India, and then I lived in the US and danced a lot of different dances, and I've danced in Europe as well with a few different world dance traditions. Yeah. And what brought me to the US was Sufi dance, which I didn't really know what it was, but I just went with the dancing butterfly feeling of my life. And essentially Dance with Angela started when... I realised that having danced with many different people, different countries, different states across mm-hmm. the US, that there was this interesting connection that happened between myself and others, regardless of race or gender. And having grown up in Australia from immigrants, I had experienced racism here, but in the dance that all just disappeared. Right, okay. <laughs> and it could be in a nightclub, it could be in a spiritual workshop or a, another dance workshop I just noticed that all the divisions that would normally be in my mind whether it was my negative thoughts or anxieties social anxiety insecurities they all just disappeared Mm. and that that sort of situation started when I was younger but because it continued through all of my travels and dancing across different places I started to realize that connection was the key ingredient we're all looking for and the dance was a very easy way to get it. You, mm. didn't, you didn't need to speak. You didn't need to even have a similar cultural background. Of course, mm. disco and some dance music, house music, that was a really great unifier. And mm. I think the modern dances from the rave culture onwards were really great at getting that collective oneness. Right. Okay. And so I... I also in my journey discovered healing and coaching work, which was going more into the logical mind about what what are we really looking for in connection. But still today, now back in Sydney, I really have come back to the core essence of connection in dance and what is it in dance and in all the world cultures and all the history of dance that has basically gone beyond our separation to our oneness Mm -hmm. and it's consistent. It doesn't doesn't take long and it's in every sort of movement modality, if you can think of, from energetic work 
to social dances, to folkloric dance, to then the more conscious dance like Gabriel Roth type work or other work from the modern humanist movement where they've really consciously focused on dance as a way to learn about the self. Okay. Throughout all of that spectrum, there's this consistent connection to the self and how we're related to others. And now with what we're going through on the earth, as as we're seeing more division, I'm still quite stupefied how these simple things that I just found on the dance floor are really all that we need. Um, and I'm, I'm interested in talking about relationships from that perspective, how the dance teaches us how to connect simply because I notice in all the relationship work I have done or coaching and healing work regarding relationships, it is really about the stories that we create about my mother or my spouse or myself. Mm. I make up a lot of stories about myself. Yeah. <laughs> um and that got in the way of the connection. And the the dance for me has always been that place where I came back to love or to the self that's not the personality. Yes, I am myself, but there's this other aspect of myself that's timeless and continuing and it grows throughout my life. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, there's so much in there already. Um First of all, can I can I kind of come back to just how your journey kind of into dance? Where did you first discover dancing as a thing that was that was good for you? That that kind of your path into the dance, and then because obviously, like you said, you travelled the world, experiencing different dances. What made you sort of get into dance in the first place? It's going to sound really naive and silly, but it is, and it, I think from about. I can remember about four years old, I was dancing around the house and singing mm-hmm. relentlessly. And right. I, I wasn't in a family that went, oh, wonderful, let's send her to dance school. <laughs> I just I just did it obsessively. Right. And maybe it was Abba's dancing queen and me visualising myself in that world. Plus I grew up with Italians, so they had the crystal chandelier and I had this room that I, I kind of created as my studio from a very early age and that's where I did it every day and I never really had um actual formal dance class till 21 I think I purchased my first dance classes at 21 and those were more experimental and shamanistic work okay so that was quite a a sidetrack from Mm -hmm. say traditional dance and in those workshops I was trained to start experiencing my energy, which was something I'd already done organically at home. I'd been dancing every day at home to all sorts of dance, pop music, Duran Duran, all that really new romantic stuff and doing performance work in my own home and making up stories. So when I got into the more shamanistic work, what happened very naturally was I discovered that there was this energy underneath, say, trying to create a story and performing, I started to have experiences, some people might call them kundalini awakening, that sort of stuff. But I wasn't out of my body, which I later realised was quite different. Some people have kundalini awakening and it takes... Can you just sort of say what kundalini is for people that aren't aren't aware? 
So Kundalini is a life force energy that moves throughout our spine and it's in every human being. And as long as it's operating, we're alive. Okay. And it's in every human. I don't know about animals, but because our spine is erect and upright between the earth and the sun, we have a Kundalini force that operates in our spinal system. Okay. And that's our spiritual life force energy. It's it's in every human. You don't have a qualification for it. You are born with it. And it gets activated at different stages when you're growing through your life. So even puberty can start to activate it. That's a great example, the hormones start. And so things start to activate in your chakras, which are the energy systems that go up the spine. Well, there's seven major ones there. And also the kundalini can get activated. um, Well, of course, because I was in the dance scene, I saw it activated through other substances. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And in the 60s when people did psychedelics, they were having a lot of experiences, out-of-body experiences, hallucination. So that's one end. But if we take it down to the mundane level, even going through puberty and the hormonal changes starts to activate that kundalini to start to awaken different consciousness in yourself about yourself. Right. So a seven-year-old won't have consciousness about itself because Mm -hmm. it's at that stage. A 14-year-old that's around our third chakra starting to wake up, the solar plexus or the middle of the upper belly area, and all those organs start to wake up. So the 14-year-old starts to think about the world differently. That's a part of our kundalini rising, and that's natural for all of us. um, But some of us now, since our period of consciousness, especially the 60s where we're doing more anaesthetic drugs, now near-death experiences, people are having drugs that take over their body. So people are having these mystical experiences that, say, for in traditional societies you would have been initiated into right. and you would have been taken on a more um, guided process. Right. So for teenagers in other traditional cultures, you were taught about how to enter your world from a mature perspective. And so that kundalini that was naturally rising because of puberty would have been guided by an elder and to to help you on that journey to make some more independent choices so unfortunately our culture doesn't have those practices modern cultures india still has those practices certain traditional cultures have those practices yeah Um, but our modern society has lost that and and then you can see a lot of teenagers are lost because of it So kundalini is a sacred force, but it is also a natural force, but it's a vibrational, energetic force of the spine. Right. Okay. Thank you. I'd heard of it before, but I'd never never really looked in to see what it it was. So thanks for explaining that. Yeah. And you said that that was kind of the thing for you, that awakening for you at a certain age. Yeah. So what happened at 26, I had a heart awakening when I started Sufi dance. And I didn't know what the, what that was. I'd never, now I know 30 years, 30, 25 years later. But at 27, I, yeah, I was 27 in the Sufi experience in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I just felt my heart open to the universe. And I just, I'd been dancing for a long time, but mm-hmm. I didn't have an experience like that. And so when you have a heart awakening, it's definitely flavors the rest of your life. It's unforgettable it's it's in your body Mm -hmm. and it 
it activated a part of my consciousness which wasn't prepared sufficiently. Right. And that led to my spiritual seeking for other another spiritual teacher who then came into my life three years later. But, boy, did, did the dance open up things because my heart was open and I wasn't psychologically or intellectually educated. It's incredible when your kundalini opens up parts mm-hmm. of your body or your heart because then you do need guidance as to how to grow as a person. And because of the drug culture and um, also anesthetics and other medicine that we're we're using now to in the community, mm. people are having, I guess, experiences of their consciousness, but they don't actually know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I guess you would do if you're opening yourself up to something that you don't know what you're opening yourself up, or what you don't know what that experience is is because you've never had it before. Um, like you said, if there's no guidance there, there's no one kind of like, I mean, I know a lot of people that kind of go away and have those ayahuasca kind of experiences and yeah. they're, gui- they're guided through the kind of the meditation and, and the drugs uh, taken and, and to make sure that it's done in, in I guess, the the healthiest and, and most positive way possible. Um, and when they're having a, a memory, because they can have all sorts of memories, they can go to this life, their childhood um, they can go to a dead relative. They can go to a, a different period of Earth history. So the teacher can actually debrief with them. So mm. ayahuasca, the most important part is being able to, after the process, debrief and process. And it's really successful for PTSD. So some people have healed from PTSD through ayahuasca with a good teacher, a good shamanic leader. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting because they're using psychedelics a lot now in mental health, aren't they? They used them a lot in the, I think, in the sixties before they became a recreational drug. And there's yeah. now bringing them back into the kind of the mental health profession in order to help people with quite severe PTSD and trauma um, and depression and other things. Uh, we're kind of getting slightly off track from from you here, but I think it's, it's interesting that how those are now being used to help people overcome very difficult experiences. And stuck experiences as well. Yeah, yeah, that they can't release through traditional therapies. Mm. Um, the sister track I have to the psychedelic experience is that I stopped at 26 all every other substance. Mm-hmm. And because I was on a substance and I could see death, I actually had a death experience of death. Well, I had a lot of people die in my life since right. I was five okay. and it was fairly consistent. And my mum died when I was 21 and I had a mystical experience after her death on on drugs. Right. But at 26, because I was on on some um, drugs and I, I actually saw myself dying and then I made a decision in that moment. I went, no, no, I have seen enough in the dance to not need these substances. Mm-hmm. So I just stopped. So I've also met. A, a lot of people who've done a lot of drugs and just said no, no, no more, because in the dance or the yoga or whatever spiritual practice they work with, they have this connection to the divine and to the greater life force that runs through us, which the kundalini energy connects to. The kundalini is a direct connection to that source of the universe with inside our physical body. Right. Okay. And so many of my friends um, in holistic therapies in the 90s just said you know these substances and stuff 
I don't really need it because I'm actually getting it through meditation or dance or yoga or breathing. And Mm -hmm. so you can also see now this uh, branch of therapy that's using psychedelics, but there's another branch that's using breath work. Yoga is very big. Yoga is enormous now. I was doing yoga when it was still weird, but it's very, (laughs) very normal. Yeah. And the conscious dance community used dance and Gabriel Roth and the five rhythms is the most perhaps well-known, but there's a range of other therapists, somatic therapy, movement therapy as a way to really connect to that force of life. And even much, much more vast because once you go outside Western continents and and the English-speaking continents, there's millions of people dancing in folkloric festivals mm-hmm. in India or other countries. Mm. And they don't they don't take drugs. They're mm. just dancing and experiencing divine. So I'm connected to that community as well. And there's ancient traditions that have still their descendants today are using dance as a way to celebrate the divine. Mm-hmm. That's what I first discovered in the Sufi dance in New Mexico. And once I had that heart awakening, I knew that all of the dance stuff I had done was significant, but I tapped into something that was eternal, mm-hmm. which for, for maybe logical people who look at the world logically doesn't make sense. But because I experienced it and I had done a lot of work on myself at that time, I knew this was different. I knew there was something something outside the kind of Western consciousness, basically. Mm that the Sufis had tapped into and my Sufi master had come from Baghdad but he lived in America and he was around belly dancers and he'd gone to nightclubs and he'd done the sort of Western lifestyle but he recreated this experience for us in the country of New Mexico, the desert, in the mountains that really helped us from all over the world. We were from all countries, didn't all speak English but we all connected and we had this really incredible way of recreating a sense of love and union with each other, even mm. though during the day we might complain and bitch with each other. <laughs> and there were crazy people and yeah, really yeah. Hard, hard personalities. Mm. At night when we danced, that all just, we weren't, that was gone. Mm. And each morning I remember going, why is this person so weird in the morning but at night I love them? and there's no no separation. Mm. Uh, so it's been a bit since that time I've, I've been trying to work on that diet di- um, dynamic. Like why are we one personality in this context but in this other context we're completely love and joy and bliss but then we go back to this contracted mm. part of ourselves. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting because I love a dance. Um, and as you, you mentioned about house and stuff like that, I used to like to be a bit of a rave in the 90s and whatever um and it does give you a sense of i i went out last week just listened to some judge jules um was performing and just lost myself in 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 his set for for a few hours and it was amazing um but it does release something but there is a i mean like i remember going out there's there does seem to be that kind of collective joy for want of a better word of just to be able to express yourself through through dancing and I always feel better once I've had a good night out and kind of spread my legs on the dance floor. Um, 
interesting what you were saying about that kind of ha- that connection. Did you figure out what that was that brought people together? You know, like you said, during the day, there was some friction, maybe people you didn't really necessarily get on with. There was a personality that you saw during the day that that personality then shifted. What was what was going on in those environments that allowed this connectiveness to, to take place? Well, it's the fascinating part of our condition as humans that we have we have many layers to us. So we have a spiritual part and dance and music of vibration and sound and light all operating, which are the elements of spiritual creation. If you go back to the Bible, in the beginning was the sound, and in, in Genesis they describe that beautiful dance of the universe being formed and the planet Earth coming to formation. And, and everything I've done with my spiritual teachers, when I let go of my personality self I experience myself in that vibrational and that sound quality and my heart awakening that moment when I did it when I was 27 and today I still have experiences of it I don't see myself as separate to the universe I'm I'm a vibration I'm mm. a feeling versus an Angela <laughs> <laughs> right I'm a feeling and that feeling, that connectedness, when we're in the music and the dance together, that's what every individual's experiencing. And sure, George over there could have it a different way or Louis over there or Alejandro. They could all have a different version of it. Yeah. But it's their version of their vibrational self. Mm -hmm. And so I can't judge it because it's beautiful. It's divine it's Mm. complete there's no aspect of that that's wrong they might have a an unexpressed emotion or a trauma that I could find repulsive or be abhorrent you know shocked by or Mm. scared about but that's not the same as that pure element of them which um, I tend to find I can see that in other people. I tend to bring that out of others when I dance Mm. and I've always kind of called on that part of the person when I dance with someone. So that's where choreographies have come and natural improvised dances have happened and Mm. I have other friends that do this too. I've gone to clubs with my friends and we stir up the dance floor and amazing dances happen. I've witnessed this in many countries with with certain friends that have this capacity so what I feel feel is that the connection is we are beyond the personality self to the true essence of the person right it's not that we don't want the personality self it's just that we're accessing that part of the person that is their true vibrational self mm-hmm. that's that's not I don't like this word but contaminated by trauma or by other rubbish that we've carried mm. From our through our lives that may be of a lower frequency that's just about our hurts and our needs to be significant. Um, I, I always found it fascinating, John, when I was dancing, there'd be this moment where I might dance with a new person and they, I could see that they wanted to feel important, which I did too. So I'd 
it's not like I didn't have the same thing. That's yeah. why I could recognize it in them. Yeah. You know, you start dancing with someone and you want to feel like you're connecting. So you're like, hi, and you're trying <laughs> to maybe match their rhythms. Yeah. And we go through this, hey, do you like me? I like you. I want to be liked by you. Do you like me too? Yeah. We go beyond that to dancing. And that was the thing that clicked it in. as like, oh, I'm not trying to please you anymore. And you don't. You're not trying to please me. You're not looking for significance or do I like you. Mm. On into the dance, which is an exchange of rhythm and vibration and fun. Oh. And oh my God, what about this? And then and then the movement starts to move between us to create new um, connections in the dance together. Right. So that's how improvisation works. I've done a lot of improv in my life, and it grows by itself. You know, people go on about artificial intelligence. Well. We have that too. We have this capacity with two people when you're dancing for the dance to come up with its own intelligence and it creates new moves or new combinations of two people coming together create a new move. And I've I've been obsessed with that for a long time yeah. because that you can't choreograph. It's only an improv dance that that happens. Yeah. And that's what I do in the Dance for Joy. I, I have okay. a workshop where we explore that to get people beyond that personality self that just wants to be liked yeah and it's normal we all do it I do it still I always want to be liked by someone because then I can dance <laughs> and get fun stuff right but I'm still like oh are they going to judge me are they going to think I'm weird I still do that I don't care anymore about that part of myself it's part of my personality so I think that connection that we have in dance is what we're all craving for, the non-verbal acceptance, which I'm going to be very spiritual here, but the universe doesn't judge you. It sees you as a life form mm -hmm. and it goes, you are alive. Ergo, you are beautiful and you are loved. So it's our personalities that are awkward and weird and judgy and uncomfortable. And um, going back to your question about what is that, um, difference and why do we do it it's simply for me so we just accept that awkward part of the personality that may have unresolved stuff it could be a million things mm -hmm. so, okay I I'm I have something unresolved and I have this part of me that's universal and lovely and unconditionally loved mm -hmm. and they both can have a great time together and and we can create, for me, we can create fantastic improvised dance. That's so you're, you're stepping out of your kind of consciousness into a, into a subconscious, like a feeling. I, a I feeling. often like to describe the human beings as feeling, feeling, feeling animals that think. I think that's perfect. Yeah, I was just listening to Yuval Harari and he says, we are actually confused by artificial intelligence because we think it it has a consciousness because it can understand our feelings mm -hmm. but it doesn't have feelings mm -hmm. we have feelings and now the machine intelligence is understanding those so we start to project on it a sense of connection but actually it's not feeling anything and no. we are the feelings that feeling creatures that think yeah. and we're trying to yeah resolve that because we're not able to see that in our environment anywhere else. And in the it's, dance, yeah. in the dance, you're feeling, aren't you? Again, I, I, if I think of myself dancing, I'm not thinking. 
I'm dancing, I'm feeling, I feel the music. Like you said, I feel the vibration, I feel the beat, I feel whatever it is. And I'm in my very much in my own body um, and not might take a little bit of alcohol sometimes to get me in that state. But it, it's kind of stepping out of that consciousness, isn't it? I'm not conscious of what I'm doing. I'm just doing. And there's a freedom yeah. and a release in, in that space. Yeah. And I, I haven't done enough research about feeling because I'm obsessed with it, yeah, and the senses and what is that aspect of ourselves that connects to each other and loses because you're still conscious mm-hmm. and it's not the unconscious and it's not just the subconscious. To me, it's spirit. When when we dance for joy and I get people to experience that connection, they're still conscious. Mm-hmm. They're present. Right. What is that? That's what I mean. I research a lot of these people now that are studying consciousness from a scientific point of view. And I, I have my mystical teachers mm-hmm. in India that teach about it, but yeah. they're not scientists. And the scientists have no real language for it. But the dance, it does it all, it, mm-hmm. it experiences it, which is beyond the conscious, the unconscious, and the subconscious. It's the feeling state. For me, that spirit in action, um, it's creative, it's clever, it comes up with things in the moment, mm-hmm. they're there and they're finished, and it's the moment of the dance as well. You can't replicate. I always used to laugh because people were obsessed with capturing things, and for me, some of those moments in the nightclubs were just moments that could never be replicated. Mm-hmm magical dance that was just that moment and that's how for me humanity if we had more of those moments as a species we would go beyond thinking of ourselves as very less we would see the magic that's within us Um, and there's great teachers about that quality of ourselves but for me the dance is where you get to experience it with improvisation and surrendering of those parts of yourself that you may not feel so comfortable about great thank you for explaining that and and with the relationship side of things you this kind how do you kind of put that into that bringing sort of harmony or help or whatever to relationships from so i feel like the dance maybe is not for everybody as a way to explore it certainly was for my people that i connected with and what I noticed was that part of the personality that once you're not dancing, you're back to your contracted self, like yeah. the guys and the people in the workshops I was with. In the in the night we would dance, everybody was one and we were all having a ball. But in the morning, everybody was crabby and their normal self. <laughs> and because we were in the Sufi camp, that's just one of the um, programs that I did for significant amounts of time. I've been in other spiritual workshops where you actually get to witness that part of the personality. So in relationships and especially the relationship with yourself, in the dance itself, I may not be witnessing myself. I'm just in that moment of feeling. Mm-hmm. And what it does, it created for me a foundation of self-appreciation, self-acceptance, that then enabled me to when I was in my more contracted and crabby self and, frankly, just, you know, my everyday morning self or my 
wake up and I haven't slept enough and I'm just not not the best. I'm a bit crabby. Right. There's a witness self. And they teach it in spiritual traditions for thousands of years. They've talked about that witness self. So my experience with the dance is that it gives you that sense of self that's beyond your personality that then supports that capacity of the witness self to come in and go, hang on, what's what's going on here? Why am I crabby? Who Who is this personality now that's okay. crabby? Okay. And it's not a... Um, a practice that I do necessarily to break it down like they would in psychotherapy. It's really just to go, what's this personality doing right now? So what I noticed with the dance, the sense of connectedness that I had in it was expanding my heart over years that was then able to be much better nurturer for my lesser self. Right. And that helped the witness state. It would help more compassion grow. It would help me go, into presence so they talk a lot about I think you've you mentioned this in that podcast that we did with you John about just having um like the ability to see um how you're operating in the relationship you have to have that presence and compassion and patience with yourself Mm -hmm. so the the more I was doing the dance it actually expanded that quality where I could actually just feel that love more and I mean I was dancing with lots of different people as well so it was the different energies that I was experiencing right and noticing that we're all the same we all feel insignificant and we're craving significance so that's part of our human condition Mm -hmm. and the heart connection in the dance for me was able to manage that craving for significance and just go yeah I'm just craving significance. That's all. That's all right. It's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. So in the relationships, what I noticed that over time my insecurity about wanting to be perfect or somehow, um, you know, in relationships with romantic relationships, you try to play a role for the partner. Mm-hmm. And and you were talking about in our podcast about attachment styles. Yeah. So I was trying to desperately Um, fulfill this role so that they wouldn't leave or think I was a bad person and then have enough evidence to leave me. Eventually what ended up happening through the the dance that I did was it it was just like the witnessing of that part of myself. Mm. Oh, there I am again playing that role. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. So the dance, because it really actually works on the feeling part of you, it's not asking you to be different. It's asking you to be more patient in a way with that feeling part. And it and it works more energetically by expanding you um, in the feeling level. In my intimate relationships, it really worked. I, I could really feel um, people's feelings very fast. I had that ability when I was young, but what the dance enabled me to do was to manage interpret what I was picking up better. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm feeling that now. Yeah. Oh, that's their feeling. Yeah. So dancing with someone, yeah. which is what we used to do in social dancing and since disco and all of those modern dances that you don't really hold hands and dance with someone now. Mm-hmm. So the social dances and interactive exercises I do in my work 
it gets you to, to start exercising that aspect of our human species, which we right. need to do. We need to do as adults, not just as a mother with a baby where you're doing all of your attachment development. Yeah. Yeah. When you're an adult, dance was the way traditionally we learnt to engage and feel, oh, you're feeling picking up this from the person. Mm-hmm. So that's a large part of dance, about dancing in relationship. But for me, the most important part was the space for my heart to give that feeling capacity for myself because that's something I wouldn't do right. unless I'd done the dance. I would have. Okay. So I yeah, guess I right, you've done two fronts. You've got the, the dance for yourself so that you can connect to yourself and you can understand yourself and you can free yourself in some way from like you said, the other things that you might carry on a day-to-day to day-to-day basis. And because you've then experienced that space of feeling, when you're not in that space, you can notice the difference and you can check in with yourself a bit better to understand why you're in your head a little bit more. But you also use the dance to connect other people so you can feel someone's energy so that you can yeah. connect in it in that way which again something you wouldn't do on a day-to-day basis with someone would you You, there's they're going to be very limited examples of spaces you can go into where someone actually you can really be exchanging that type of energy yeah I had friends here in Sydney who did one of the first salsa dance schools Mm. they had enormous experiences where people for the first time were able to feel their heart Mm-hmm. And they weren't mystical people or anything. They were just going, I want to be close to someone because they in the salsa they held hands and mm-hmm. they were dancing closer with someone in a in a situation they would never be in. Yeah. They're like in their midlife and that was the first time they realised, oh, this is a bit too intimate for me. I'm scared. So salsa itself can be enormously productive to help people start to feel someone's energy and open up to their own insecurities but also have a space to explore it in a safe way Mm -hmm. without having to have a relationship. But, of course, people fell in love a lot too (laughs) in the salsa. (laughs) You get carried away. The curse curse of Strictly, right, where people um, have a tendency to have affairs and stuff with their dance partners and stuff. I guess there's an intimacy, there's a connection, there's, there's an emotional space that we put ourselves into through dance that can create so and I, does it does it, does it sometimes quite superficial though it's not real because again you know like you're experiencing something very maybe passionate or you're experiencing something very energetic i guess there's a misread sometimes with the signals between intimacy and connection well i think it goes back to that seeking for significance we often misread because mm-hmm. we actually desperately just want someone to like us right and that's that's enormous misread so i'm 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 a playful i just like to dance i don't yeah. care about getting to know someone that much mm-hmm. i just want to play but it was misread so many times and then i'd go into guilt thinking oh did i mislead them and like mm-hmm. oh oh no i shouldn't have done that i should have done this and in the end, it's because people desperately want connection mm-hmm. and they often don't have a connection to the divine or a great love. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not the way. Some people need to connect with people to get a connection to some mm-hmm. great love. But that's where the misreads come and mm-hmm. you have to learn how to 
go, that's not what I meant, and be polite, not be rude. And unfortunately, you know, the next generations are a bit mean if someone misinterprets or the people are too aggressive sexually and that that also needs to be the etiquette that we used to have with social dancing we don't have as much now. Right. So you have to educate if you have schools like salsa schools should be educating people about that etiquette because it's embedded in the dance but it's not in the culture yeah so you have to re-educate them this is how the social dance was constructed and this is the etiquette and then if people are misreading this is what you can do and not every salsa school will do that no i guess not in every dance i mean even when i was sort of clubbing and stuff in the 90s and whatever it was there was there were always people that were overstep the mark of yeah what was socially and acceptable as far as boundaries were concerned. Um, what about people perhaps that can't dance, won't dance, choose not to dance, whatever it is? Is again being in could, could they could they still benefit from the environment? Um, I guess because some people, I, I mean, I've been out with several people, my friends in the past, that would sort of stand on the edge of the dance floor rather than engage on the dance floor, um, maybe because of their own misconceptions about their ability to dance or their own social anxieties or whatever it is is there just something about being maybe in the environment of dance that the energy that it gives off in itself that could help people because i don't want to ostracize necessarily people that that, i mean this is not the people that you would necessarily help but you get people that come to you that sort of say i don't dance can't dance but i'm still really interested in what you're doing how how can you how could you help those i would love to open up to people who are more also interested in movement because movement is more about how do we feel each other's energy. So Mm -hmm. after I worked with Qigong and healing and because of the healing experiences, I found movements much more easy. You don't need to really even listen to the music or have rhythm. Okay. But you do need a desire to experience your energy and somebody else's. Mm -hmm. And you just work at wherever the person's at. So I do work with some people with different levels of abilities and we say all abilities in Australia. And what are they looking for? Because dance is a movement is really about what do you want to explore? And because I worked in theatre, we were really improv-based and creative and I had a limitation with improv through language. Okay, I was an actual mover, but I didn't know how to improvise language. Mm -hmm. So my friends at that stage were so good at just holding a space for me and I find it's better if you go to a workshop if you're insecure and go and find the right one for you. So I know people who do line dancing yeah, and more structured dance. Okay. Uh, some people can do, I do a meditative movement, which is for people who have problems moving their bodies. Mm-hmm. Sufi movement can be gentle. So you you can find different movement right. forms. Qigong and Tai yeah. Chi are fantastic. Um, and interactive exercises where people get to feel their energy for me is actually more important these days because you can go to a dance class and get a and that can fit that sort of um, interest that the people might like dancing have. Mm-hmm. But what about the people who might have I don't know social anxiety or difficulty? connecting or Mm. meeting people or loneliness and there's a movement now within the cities because people after COVID are experiencing loneliness to do just different things Mm. so 
um, keep an eye out. I mean, in Sydney here, where I'm looking at hosting workshops, which are more about interaction and learning how to connect. Yeah. And of course, there is some dance involved, but it's for all people and all levels. And in your own localities as well, if you're looking for things that are um, not so dance-based, there's meditation. So mm. meditation or groups that do yoga, those are sort of better for some beginners that want something more structured structured, yeah, and you've got more private space. Mm-hmm. And if you make a mistake, nobody's going to care. That sort, of, <laughs> yeah. that sort of environment where yeah. you're just learning to feel your energy because remember that's that's the thing we were saying earlier about feeling. Mm. Our society is so suffocated mm-hmm. by thinking or by doing. So the more anything you can do to just feel or breathe, Mm. That to me is dancing because you can just even an in breath and an out breath is incredible to me. Um, And it's the foundation of Sufi work, actually. They do a simple in and an exhale. And most of the dance forms have that basic foundation. Mm -hmm. And most of us do that as a baby. And then we grow up and disconnect. From our net. Forget how to breathe. <laughs> yeah. Is it very interesting it, actually? It's, it's just that I remember someone said to me once, John, you, you just need to remember how to breathe. And I was like, Yeah, what do you mean? I'm breathing. That's a bit your breath is just not doing you any good. You need to <laughs> um and, and I was taught that warm air in, cold air out, breath. So I just sit warm air in through my nose and cold air out, as long as my nose isn't blocked, of course. And occasionally I need to do that, and it just brings you, centres you, and and brings you back into that kind of connection with your body. It's amazing, just like you said, just by breathing, how you can change your state. Um, We are going to run out of time, unfortunately. Um, We haven't even got onto your relationship stuff, so maybe we'll have to have a, a part two if you're happy to come back and talk a little bit about your relationships again and how you maybe you've used this um in your own life which would be, i think would be really interesting um but if people want to get in touch with you angela how do they how do they do that so my website dancewithangela.com has a range of different services and also on youtube uh we'll have the link yeah. to the youtube dance with angela on youtube has some of my more recent videos i'm not always consistent with those I'm trying to get some more because this year in Sydney October I'll be having dance for joy where I'm doing the interactive part with some of the world dance and the Mm. Sufi movement for people to really connect to themselves and experience that collective joy awesome great so if you're in in the Sydney area in October reach out to Angela come along if not Angela's already mentioned that you know look in your local area uh, and see if you can find something that would be suitable for you. Like you said, even if it's like a Tai Chi or something that we, like you said, you don't need to necessarily have to be comfortable with dancing or know how to dance or have any kind of rhythm or whatever it is. It's just learning how to move perhaps and being flow a little bit more with your with your own energy. Um, thank you for your time today. As Angela said, all of the way to can contact her is in the notes. Um, do you have any words of wisdom or a favorite quote you would like to share before we finish today i'll leave you with it's one of mine that came in a meditation Mm -hmm. and it summarizes how i experience the body Mm 
we are energy experiencing form and it just it just came one day when i realized there's so much in the dance that i can't put into words mm-hmm. and that larger part of the universe that in the dance i start to express and we're now as a species moving into a collective sense of that mm-hmm. um so sometimes when i dance i don't feel an individual i feel that oh we yeah that we're part of that collective now of the universal energy experiencing this human life mm-hmm. so i just want i just thought to have that one today because i wanted to talk about the dance and it was yeah. something that came as a way that maybe if you start seeing the human species as a energy form ex- experiencing an energy force experiencing form it mm. might be a different way to look at where we are as a species versus what what we're being shown through our various media awesome thank you very much angela thanks again for your time it's been actually a pleasure talking to you um and i hope to speak to you again soon thanks john thank you for listening Please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life. I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.